podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome along to the live Monday edition of the TII podcast. My name is Craig Dennett and I'm your host this evening as I'm joined by Scott Mitchell. How are you doing, Scott? Hi, Craig. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Thank you. As good as you can be on a Monday in January, I guess. And Adam Robertson's joined us too. How are you doing, Adam? Yeah, good. Thanks, Craig. Good. Excellent. And we're here to talk about all things Rangers transfer rumours tonight. Um, there's been, it seems like it was quite a quiet week last week, but ever since Michael Beale opened his mouth in his Friday pre-match press conference. I think the the, the rumour mill has been going mental and uh, we are all here for it. Um, and we're going to discuss all the names that have been flying about uh, on social media as we go through tonight. And we want to discuss all the names that you'd like us to look at as well. So please fire any transfer rumours or players you'd like to see Rangers sign in the comments and we'll try and get to as many of them as we can over the next 30 to 45 minutes or so. Before we get started on the transfer rumours, though, Rangers were back in action yesterday, beating Dundee United 2-0 at Tannadice. Scott, um, about 12, about 18 hours, sorry, further on, uh, 24 hours, can't even count. Um, <laughs> lost track of the time. Um, but about 24 hours further on from, from the end of that game, what, what, what are your views on it looking back? Genuinely thought it was a, a solid performance. Um, I think every single week you're seeing the... The, the partnership of Davies and Goldson, especially, growing and getting stronger. Um, I think even though the first half we weren't really doing much, those two looked solid. I, I was commenting quite a lot about how good I think Ben Davies is as a player and how well he compliments Connor Goldson. So, looked decent enough defensively in the first half. Second half, we just blew them away and, and did what we needed to do and then sat back. So, really good performance all round. Can be better in patches, but it's really coming together for Bill. Yeah, I think Goldson and Davies are building a really solid partnership. I think it's interesting with Ben Davies because actually, more often than not, the opposition striker will get the better of him for the first 10 minutes. But yep. then he works them out and he's, he's got them in his back pocket the rest of the game. The concern, I guess, is that is that first 10 minutes and a, and a team every now and again is going to take take one of those chances that they get in that stage. Adam, same question to yourself. Just thoughts on the thoughts on the game yesterday. It was very much a, a performance or a game of two halves, should we say? Yeah, I would echo everything Scott said. I think one of the most positive things was I think at times this season Rangers have come out for a second half where it's maybe nil nil or even losing and they've almost looked like they've forgot there's still forty five minutes to play. I think yesterday that really wasn't the case. Um, if anything, it was the opposite. The first forty five minutes was pretty grim, but it was good to see them not panic and remember that they were still the better team and not lose their heads at all and, and get two goals in really quick succession to pretty much just kill the game off. Um, I was really glad to see Fashion Sakala continue his good run of form. I've always been a fan of his and it was a really well-taken goal. Like I only had to see it back a few times actually to realise how good a first touch it was as well as a strike. So yeah, like Scott said, all round really good performance and you know going 2-0 up, Dundee United have nothing to lose but never looked like threatening at all. I can't off the top of my head remember McLaughlin catching a ball in the second half to tell you the truth never mind making a save so yeah a lot of positives especially after that first half yeah it's been a really positive start for Michael Beale I think even though in some games the performances haven't quite been there you can see it starting to build and the confidence starting to come back into into the players that are there and 
like um, like you said uh, in his press conference, both pre-match and post-match at the weekend, he's looking at some new additions to the team that will hopefully bolster the competition in there and will, uh, will, will obviously create more, more competition, which creates more um, better quality for, for places as well in there. So the comments are already full of um, different transfer options for Rangers, some names that have been circling, especially today. Um, Scott, I'm going to come to you first of all. On Twitter, we've seen, and I think on various in the know people, should we say, have have, to, have said that um, Todd Cantwell is in Glasgow, has been in Glasgow today for a medical. There's been no official confirmation. We should we should say that that's definitely the case. But if if um, these reliable people are are to be believed, then then it does seem that Todd Cantwell is fairly close to signing. What are your views on on Todd Cantwell and his potential arrival at Ibrox? I know very, very little about about Cantwell, if I'm totally honest. I know that there's hype around him. I know there was hype around him when he was a bit younger. Um, had a spell at Bournemouth, been at Norwich for a while now. Apparently, he's a decent enough player. He's just not really shown what he's capable of entirely, um, I suppose, is the best way of putting it. And there's been a lot of debate over how good can he really be? How good is he? Is he going to be Rangers quality? He's going to be able to offer us something different. I know that much. We've heard a lot about him being a player that can take the ball on the half turn. I think that's a, a big talking point in terms of where we are right now. We've got midfielders who are very static, not very mobile, not able to take the ball and move it. They just are water carriers, basically. Ryan Jack will get it and slide it to the side. Todd Cantwell will be able to take it in on the turn, get his turn and face and goal, um, and potentially get his attack in that little bit quicker, which I think Beal especially wants us to see. So to say, I don't know much about Cantwell myself. Don't really know why I was brought on this pod then if that's going to be a opinion on it. But um any signing that Michael Beale deems good enough, I'd, I'd imagine's probably going to be fitting the bill for me if I'm totally honest. That I trust in him. Trust I trusted him when he was with Gerard. I trusted the decisions we made then. So I don't see any reason to doubt this signing if it's going to be done. And by all accounts, as you said, people that are in the know seem to think it's pretty much done and dusty. They're just waiting to get it over the line. Yeah, Adam Todd Cantwell from what I've seen of him now, I think I've probably seen two of his better seasons. I've not really seen him in recent years, but I obviously saw him quite a bit when he was in the Premier League with Norwich and also when he, he I think he was one of their best players when he got them up to the Premier League in that in that season before that. Um, I think he, by all accounts, he's tailed off a bit. Since then, there's there's various reasons why players can, can tail off from from playing well for a club. We've seen many of them at Rangers over, over recent years. Um, probably too many reasons to count. Um, Callum C comes in the comments straight away and says, uh, even in Bears, so Cantwell can't get a game for the last three seasons and even Bournemouth didn't want him when he was on loan. Um, what are your thoughts on on Todd Cantwell? Do you think, it, it seems, whatever people think of a transfer, it seems to polarise people one way or another. There's never really any middle ground of, oh, we'll wait and see how he is. But do people really want him or people people don't want him at all. What's your thoughts on, on Todd Cantwell and have you seen much of him? Yeah, so I think he actually does. I have seen or kind of remember seeing him a bit of him play because when Norwich came up, they've yo-yoed so much, but not the last time they came up, but the time before that, he was really thought of as using Norwich with the greatest of respect as a stepping stone. Um, I think a lot of links emerged with slightly bigger teams higher up in the Premier League. Obviously, links emerge with players all the time doesn't necessarily mean they are that good but the fact that there was some chat around him I think speaks volumes obviously you know he has tailed off slightly which can happen he is still quite young 
I think for me, one of the concerns I would maybe have is that I think, and Beal has spoken about this himself, you want players that can really hit the ground running in January. I don't think it's like a summer transfer window where you can perhaps sign players and, you know, they have a summer to adapt and get used to it. Cantwell, how do we look earlier? He's made 19 appearances this season, but just 10 starts. He's not actually started a game for Norwich since early November. So, listen, I, I don't know his fitness record or anything like that, but the fact is maybe he's not quite had the level of minutes that you would hope where he would come in and make a real impact in the side straight away, which at this stage of the season, I think it's probably what's needed. But the fact is that, and I will steal this from Ross, who was in the comments earlier, because he was talking about it in the chat earlier. I think if Rangers were going for Cantwell a few seasons ago, they probably wouldn't have been able to get him because he was linked with these bigger clubs. Now, I'm not saying that Rangers should be going for players that constantly tail off. I'm just saying that I don't think they would have got a player like this a couple of years ago when his form was considered higher so I do think it's worth taking the chance on him and I think as well maybe from a psychological point of view for him for him it's probably a fresh start and I mean how many players realistically get a chance to do that as big a club as Rangers I mean if he doesn't go to Rangers I'm assuming if he wants next set he's maybe going to go to a lower championship side I would assume unlikely to be the Premier League so yeah I think a talented player and I would want to lean more into what Scott said and that, you know, we have to trust the manager and judge Todd Cantwell when he starts, if and when he starts playing for Rangers. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. I think um, we've seen with players beforehand that they've been playing really well before they've arrived at Rangers and then they've just hit, almost hit a brick wall as soon as they've walked through the door at Ibrox. And we've seen the opposite way as well, where players will be struggling for a bit of form and they've, they've gone to Ibrox and immediately just feel at home and, and they put in the best performances of their career there. So I think it's it's hard to judge people based on their, their previous performances, I guess. Um, Scott Teddy Bears comes in and says, uh, here's what Callum's saying, but he thinks we should judge Beal's signings of what they do for us. Are you in agreement with that? Absolutely bang on for me. I think fair enough, it's okay to point to what players have done prior to coming to Rangers, but Rangers is a unique atmosphere. Same across the city, you know, it's, it's different. It's a, it's a goldfish bowl. You hear players talking about it all the time. The pressures are different. Um, so, I mean, Cantwell, and obviously we're going to talk about um, Tom Davies. I hope that's not spoiling any surprises for anybody. Um, are going to be coming out of different atmospheres, different environments. They're not expected to win every week at Norwich. Um, as Adam said, they're expected to go up and down. So, like, let's, let's just judge them and see what they do here. They'll either sink or swim. And Bill made a lot of his in his in his press conference the other day, or sorry, in his interview the other day, saying he wants to sit down face to face with these players, see what they're made of, see if they've got what it takes to play for Rangers. He's going to have that understanding before they come here as to whether they're up to it. And I think if Cantwell signs, which again seems like it's a a done deal pretty much, I think we'll really see what he's made of. And he's got an environment here where he can thrive. I mean, you look at where he's come from; he's probably had to do the dirty side of the the game quite a lot. Whereas when he comes here, he's maybe going to have a little bit more freedom just to be that creative outlet, maybe be that attacking player he wants to be. So, you know, that can that can rejuvenate players, it can revitalise them. So, potentially, this is a perfect place for him and only time will tell, really, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Adam, when I think I've seen Todd Cantwell play, I've seen him play off the left and off the right hand side, and he seems quite comfortable on either foot and cutting in. Uh, Jim Bax comes in the comments and says Todd Cantwell will either replace or provide competition for Kent. I think when I heard the Todd Cantwell rumour, I thought actually he would be that player that would come off the right-hand side. I don't know, is that where you see him or do you see him providing competition for Ryan Kent, as the comment says? I think um, 
looking back to that season, I kind of quite vividly remember him in the Premier League. I do think he was playing off the left, but I think people have been asking what kind of player he is. And I think the fact that people are asking that maybe speaks to somebody who can do a bit of everything. You know, he's not necessarily someone you think of and we know his position straight away. So I'd imagine he's probably quite a versatile player, probably in the mould of somebody a little bit like Tom Lawrence, where, you know, we all have our opinions on where Tom Lawrence's best position is. But the fact that we all have perhaps a slightly different opinion on it speaks to a player that can play in different positions. So, listen, obviously, as he says, it could be a replace or provide competition because we don't know what the situation is with, with Ryan Kent at the minute. But hopefully it could be a situation where we maybe even get two of them in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's. I think it's going to be really interesting when you see the likes of Tom Lawrence and Yanis Hadji back fit. If we were to bring in Todd Cantwell, and then um, you see Ryan Kent in there as well, and Malik Tillman, it's going to be really interesting how Michael Beale starts to juggle that um, that sort of talent and how he how they best fit together and knit together. Because we can we can talk about it all we want and we can look at it on paper all we want. It's actually how they knit together on the pitch I think that is going to is going to determine which ones start and which ones don't. Um Scott, do you think this is the do you think we're focusing on the right area of the pitch that we need to improve with signings like Todd like Todd Cantwell or do you think actually we we've got the likes of Hadji to come back, Tom Warren's to come back, we've got Tillman that can play that kind of area, we've got Ryan Kent there. Jink, do you think it's the right area or do you think it's it's other other areas deserve more focus? No, I think like Bill was saying, we need to provide competition probably in most areas of the pitch, if we're totally honest at the minute. Um, if we want Cantwell uh, to provide competition for Kent, Kent probably probably 50-50 to say he's leaving in the summer. We don't know yet. Probably is, if, if, we're, if we're totally honest with ourselves. So, no, he, he either comes in and replaces Kent or else he provides competition for those other areas. And if the competition is either Todd Cantwell or Rabbi Matondo, as things stand, it's an absolute no-brainer for anybody. Todd Cantwell comes out on top. Rabbi Matondo and his short time at Rangers so far has, has shown glimpses of what he's capable of, but it's not been enough. Um, I don't think he's really got the heart or the stomach for it or the intelligence for it by the looks of it. But again, we said that about Fashion Sakala. Um, sorry, Adam, didn't want to upset you there by going after your favourite player. Um, so no, I think it's probably the right position to be looking at. Um, even when Hadji was here, people were saying we needed to improve on the right wing. And now that Hadji's away, he's the best thing since sliced bread. He'll come back, he'll provide competition probably for Tillman, if I'm totally honest. I don't see Yanis Hadji getting used wide right or right 10, whatever we call it these days. Um, and then I think the other areas that we're looking at potentially up front, which I'm sure you'll get to butcher in some names soon, Craig, in that position. Um, and then centre mid is definitely an area where we need to be looking at improving as well. But I think I can't well provides competition in an area where we solely need it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think coming into this transfer window, I'd said on one of the podcasts that I, the central midfield and uh, wide right were the two areas of the pitch that I wanted to see us improve. I think when it comes to the summer, there's more um, there's more areas of the pitch, such as goalkeeper and potentially um, right back and things like that, where I think the squad could be bolstered. But at this stage of the season, I think central midfield and and, and Right, right, wide forward, or whatever phrase you use there, Scott. I've lost track of how many different <laughs> names there, there are for it. Um, but um, right of the front three, I think, is is a key player, um, key player for us. Um, Adam Kyle eighteen seventy two comes in and he says, uh, "No more players, and they need time to bed in. They need to hit the ground running. How important 
is that, or do you think Michael Beale will think actually we've got six months here where we're still just about in a in a title race. I've not quite mm-hmm. given up on it yet, but um, it's a really tall tall task, and maybe this is six months where we could bed in some new players. Albeit, I absolutely hate the idea of of uh, surrendering any any trophies or anything like that before they're mathematically done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I did kind of say earlier that would maybe be a concern if he hasn't had a huge amount of minutes. Is that will he be able to hit the ground running? And I appreciate the names you kind of listed off there, Craig, with Hadji and Lawrence and Kent, etc. And even if they're all there, though, I think you know it's probably two across each position. Obviously, we don't need anyone on the right because Fashion Sakala is the best player in the world. But I think as it stands, I I think and with the way that Rangers injuries seem to be. I think he, we can't really give him that time to bed in because it only takes maybe one of those players that you've listed there to get injured or even just be out for a couple of weeks before Campbell all of a sudden becomes very important. You know, it, it would maybe be a different conversation we're having if in our heads we hadn't gone through a season so far where we were just constantly missing players. And I don't think we can get into a situation where we're signing somebody who perhaps if a time comes when they are going to be important and are going to have to start games, potentially isn't able to because they still need time to bid in or potentially does start and just looks way out of their depth, which also wouldn't be good for Campwell because if he is a good player, you wouldn't want to throw him in. And, and as Scott said earlier, you know, he's more likely to sink than swim if we were throwing him in when he really wasn't ready. So, yeah, I think as much as I said earlier, I think he is worth the risk. I'm not taking away from the fact that it is still, you know, probably bordering on 50-50 as to whether it works out. Yeah, to be honest, I think in the market we're in, um, particularly in England, when we're looking at championship-level players or players who haven't quite been able to break into first teams or Premier League clubs, it's always going to be a risk. And I think it's it's got to be as much of a calculated risk as possible on that one. And um, I think with players like Cantwell, who have shown they have the talent in the past, then it's um it's, it's almost worth taking that risk especially with someone the age of 24 he's about to come into his prime he's he's got full potential he was um rumored to be going for 25 to 30 million pounds a couple of seasons ago and um a player of that talent has has every chance to recapture that form especially at a club like us when he's going to be on the front foot the vast majority of the game and that it, it offers if, if we can get him in especially on a free or a or a or a sort of low a low fee i think it offers a real opportunity for us even going forward for he stays with us for a couple of seasons and we get a a decent transfer fee out of him and make a profit i think that's got to be part of thinking as well and um hopefully it can do the business on the park that we can then we can then get that transfer fee Right, that's enough on Todd Cantwell for now. I'm sure there'll be more in the days to come on him. Um, seems pretty close to to be signing on the dotted line if if rumours are to be believed. Scott, next one on the list is Tom Davies from Everton. Um, I spoke to JB a bit on the podcast last night about him. JB seemed to be of the opinion that he did really well in the sort of younger age groups as he was coming up because he was a brilliant player against players of his own age. But since he's got into the first team at Everton, he's been a bit hot and cold. Um, I believe he is a box-to-box midfielder, um, but he's been, he's obviously been playing in an Everton team that haven't necessarily been setting the header alight for, for a few seasons now in the Premier League. What are your thoughts on Tom Davies, the footballer? Well, let's leave his fashion sense out of it. 
That's uh, I've nothing to say about him there at all, Craig. You've, you've completely wiped the slate clean there. Um, no, uh, I so fashion sense aside, um, I can only really go over what I've been told about Tom Davies again. Don't know much about him. It's very strange for me not to know a lot about a Premier League player. I think most of us pretty much think we know most of the Premier League players that are out there know a bit about them. Tom Davies has been one of these players that broke through at Everton, seemed to have a bit about him, and then it just completely tittered away. He just seemed to fall away, and he just wasn't the player that we thought he was going to be. I think listening to Bill yesterday, he seemed to describe Tom Davies as one of these players that's like John Lundstrom. I think that was the words he used to describe him. Um, so box to box sounds absolutely bang on. He said again in, in, in his interview, Bale, saying that Davies tore his Liverpool under-23 team apart. So, I mean, there is a player in there. We know there's a player in there. and We know how good these teams are at youth level. But it's, again, probably just about coming up here and refinding how good a player really is, refinding that imagination, that spark. Um it could well be a good sign. I don't know enough about him. I can't. I can't stop thinking about the fashion sense. If I'm totally honest, um, and I, I, you just, I suppose you kind of wonder what the daily departed Jimmy Bell would have made him walking in through the the gates at Ockenway um, on day one. Um, so no, I think potentially a good player. Again, I don't know enough about him. Um, I'm really sorry that I was the one picked to be on here the night. There was a, obviously a scheduling issue. Somebody else should have been here the night. <laughs> Adam, like uh, Todd Cantwell, Tom Davies is 24, so you'd imagine he's pretty close to coming into his prime. Um, like Scott says, box-to-box midfielder. I think he's contributed a few big goals over the past few seasons for Everton, especially in, in cup games and against bigger teams. I don't think he's scared to have a shot from outside the box. The, is, he a kind of, is he the kind of player, is he the profile of player, at least, that you, you think we should be looking at? Yeah, well, I think for a couple of reasons. I mean, someone's just mentioned in the comments there, is Jack getting another contract? We don't know that. So in terms of looking at a long-term replacement in that sense, probably a wise signing. Very similar to Cantwell in that he's not played a lot of football this season, which goes back to that kind of hitting the ground running argument. And I think very similar to Cantwell, where a few seasons ago he was very much the next big thing and everyone thought, you know, he was well on his way after he broke into that Everton team. I think for both these players, the one thing you would say is they've played for clubs that have been so up and down over the past few years that it's hard for any club, any player, excuse me, at any club to to kind of build up a bit of consistency. I mean, the minute Davies thinks he's probably breaking into the team, the Everton manager changed. I don't know how many managers they've been through. I mean... It's crazy. So I think in that comment you've just flagged there, again, very similar to Cantwell, where you would think Rangers would probably be a bit of a fresh start for him. And I get, you know, who would turn down that opportunity because it's a kind of unique club, that sense in Rangers, as to, you know, it's a huge club and there's a demand to win, but ultimately you are going to a league that isn't as of higher standard, as opposed to Tom Davies going to another Premier League club, which I think is, is probably unlikely. So he w- himself would probably have to go to the Championship. So I think that opportunity to come to a club the size of Rangers um, would be a good one for him. And hopefully, from a kind of mindset point of view, you know, he'd have a real lot of desire and hunger about him to reset his career almost. Yeah, Scott, we spoke a wee bit earlier about, the, I guess, the risk in taking players who are potentially out of form or out of favour with Championship or, pre- or English Premier League clubs. Um, with Kyle's comment, they are the real positive of these players is that they should have something to prove and have a bit of hunger about them. Is I guess that would 
give me more confidence that these players have a chance of working out than I guess the failures that we've seen arrive at Rangers, such as Joey Barton and and players like that who come up thinking they've proven everything, they've done everything, they're just here for a they're just here to stroll through the league. I guess having having a point to prove is 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 much more much more along the lines of what we should be looking for. Hundred percent. I think there's no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to a football transfer. Um, every single transfer is going to have an element of risk about it. But I think if you look at our attempted player trading model and the way that we are trying to develop as a football club, we need to be taking these risks. These are the risks that are going to give us the biggest reward. Signing English players with that English premium on them. If we sell this these players back to an English club down south, when their teams need to have so many homegrown players in them, we're going to make an absolute bomb off them. I mean, I know we didn't make a lot of money off a rebuild, but we still made a lot more than we could have because of in the last year of his contract. Um, this is the sort of player that we should be targeting. As you say, the hunger, the desire to show that there is still a player in there. One or two good seasons at Rangers, performing the Champions League or Europa League, whatever we do, and they're back down south, no problem at all. Um, you know, we, we're a, now an established club at this level. Um, and I'm going to say this level, I mean European level once more. And we're now starting to show that our players, the players that we've got, whether they're youngsters or whether they're slightly older, they can perform down south as well. You look at Nathan Patterson, the boy was a revelation at Everton when he was fit. Um, so, yeah, no, I think this is what we should be looking at. We should be looking at players of this profile. It's just all going to depend on whether the money's right and whether the manager sees them as a fit, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, I think it's a case of watch this space with these two. I, I don't think Tom Davies is one is quite as far along as the Todd Cantwell one. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the over the coming days. But we'll definitely be be keeping an eye on that one. And Kyle and the team on Wednesday night will have a more of a detailed update on 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 those. Um, moving on again to the, the latest transfer rumour. Um Alan Nixon, a respected Scottish uh, f- football journalist uh, at Reluctant Nickel on Twitter, if you don't follow him. He says that Rangers are well in the hunt for, and so he's got a smile already as they're about to try and say um, his name. Is South Korean striker Cho Gui Sung. I'm going to go for that one. Um, he's come up a lot in the comments already. We've seen him heavily linked with Celtic in recent weeks, and um, pretty much since the World Cup. Indeed, they played for South Korea at the World Cup, scoring two goals, I think, potentially three. Um, and he, um, he he did show show up well in Qatar. He plays for uh, Junbuk Motors in South Korea. Um, so I, I don't know a great deal about them or what level they are in the South Korean league, if I'm honest. Um, but it looks as though three million pounds is the is the going rate as, as such. If if anyone wants to sign them. Um, Adam, come to you first of all on this one. He looks like a, a big, strong striker that, that knows his way to find the back of the net. I was a bit surprised actually when I saw that, that we were linked with him. The comment also said that supported Rangers are trying harder than Celtic. Uh, I'm not really sure what, what that means, um, but I, I, the kind of profile of the striker surprised me a bit considering we've got Antonio Cholak at the club. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was a transfer as well that you know, coming into tonight, I figured the main chat would be on Cantwell and Davies, and it was only really at the last minute that I managed to get a look at this guy. I mean, he's, I think he's got a decent goal record out in, in South Korea. Um, and the fact that he scored it at World Cups is certainly, you know, a positive. Um, yeah, I mean, the profile is an interesting one. Obviously, I would need to do a bit more kind of looking into him. If he is similar to Antonio Cholak, and there are perhaps questions to be asked there, and, and three million 
you know, that's a good chunk of money that could probably be spent on somebody else, perhaps somebody who has a slightly different profile. But again, similar to Davies, it's, it's thinking long term. We don't know what the situation um, is currently with Alfredo Morelos, probably more likely to leave than, than stay. Well, at this moment, he certainly is because he's not signed a contract yet. So, you know, there's a bit of forward planning in that. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, it would be an interesting signing. I think one that we would need to look into a bit more because it kind of came out of nowhere, I think, a bit today. Um, and obviously, just looking at the remainder of the season, I know Kamar Roof's injury record, it's almost, you know, touch wood, but whether he'll be able to stay fit for the rest of the season or not, I don't know. That would obviously give us four strikers, um, which isn't a bad thing, but, you know, it's also quite a lot. You don't know how much of a chance we would actually get to see him, which when you're spending £3 million on a player, you probably would want to see him. So it'd be interesting to see if he could hit the ground running, going back to that kind of chat. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Remains to be seen what happens. I would just say that it is, it is quite a chunk of money for someone. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it's £3 million. Um, although we, on last night's podcast, we were discussing the fact that Malik Tillman's um, release clause effectively is, or the agreed fee is £5 million. And actually, that isn't a great deal of money in today's transfer market. Although it's a lot of money for, for Scottish club to pay and for Rangers to pay. And the grand scheme of the, world tra- the global transfer market is not a lot of money for a player with, with decent talent. Scott, this one kind of came out a bit of left field today. Um, I'm always very sceptical when I see Celtic and Rangers um, rumoured to be interested in a player that always tends to strike me as, as agent talk. What, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, initially, my thoughts were pretty much along the lines of what you're saying here. I thought it was just, let's rum up some... You know, are you okay there? Um, let's let's drum up some some competition here. Let's try and drive up the price. That is usually why they link both teams. Um, the, the source though is a pretty reputable one. Apparently, he's got a lot of things right, especially under the the Gerard era. Apparently, he was a, one of the first people to break the Matondo news and the Bill news. So apparently, this guy's got a bit of pedigree about him, and there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, skepticism from his point of view. He seems to think this is pretty much a gore that we are competing for him. It's just a case of whether we can get it over the line. Um, uh, Joe Gushing, I know absolutely everything about the boy. Um, I, I I know him extensively. He went to Anyang Technical High School in 2013. I'm, I'm, I'm reading off his Wikipedia page right now. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about him, if he is a, an actual signing for Rangers, um, and I, I do know this for a fact, he's just completed his military service in South Korea, which is obviously a massive thing there. Otherwise, you could be losing him for quite a considerable period. We saw that with Hyung uh, Min Song. For, for Tottenham, that was a really big thing. So he's completed that. So if this was a signing that we, we got over the line, we don't have to worry about losing him potentially for a year further down the line. And I think that really adds to the potential of this guy coming in. Um, that's pretty much all I can add to this one here. It's, he's an unknown quantity. Um, scored two goals against Ghana, I think, was it, at the World Cup? Yeah. Um, that Let them qualify for the round of 16. Could be a great signing, could not be. But again, I agree with you. He seems to fit the profile of Cholak. So I'm wondering what the what the thing is there, what the link is and why it's come about. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people were interested in how Antonio Cholak would fit into Michael Beale's system when uh, when it was first when he was first announced as manager. And I think it's still to be proven. I think obviously he was out injured for a for five game for the first five games of Michael Beale's sort of um, start of his management career at Ibrooks and he managed 45 minutes the other night. I don't think he did, he did anything wrong. 
uh, yesterday against Dundee United, but I don't think he did much right either, to be honest. I think he was just um, he was just trying to find his way into the game, and I don't think you can blame him after being out for four or five weeks injured or so. Obviously, his last game would have been pre, um, pre-World pre Cup break as well, so that's quite a long lengthy layoff for someone, especially a striker who um, is, is used to finding the back of the net with his first or second touch of the game. Um, on to a few of the other names now, Adam, come to you. I'm just going to rhyme these off because there's nothing solid that I've seen around these names. These are all just rumours. Um, so we've got Josh Onama at Fulham, uh, Nicholas Raskin at Standard Liège is still reading his head as a as a transfer rumour and someone that players, uh, that, that fans want to see. Sorry, Tommy McIntyre yesterday was a strong proponent of Nicholas Raskin. Um, I personally haven't seen him play at all. So, um, so but everyone that has seems to be um, have sort of rave reviews about him. Uh, Chris Willock from QPR was mentioned yesterday. Um, I don't. I think that's probably um, quite far-reaching. I think given how, given the quality that he has and the interest from other clubs. Uh, Antoine Semenyo, the striker from Bristol City, um, scored at the weekend there. He's been one that was rumoured in the summer as well. Jake Cooper from Millwall, the centre half, um, who was linked with us under. Stephen Gerrard, when Michael Beale was blasted at the club and seems to have come back into the, the fold um, this January. And Dion Sanderson from Birmingham as well, who's another centre-half. If I'm being honest, I'd probably be quite surprised if we spent any money on a centre-half at this stage. I know, they, I know they were all injured at once. I don't know what the likelihood of them all being injured at once was in the first half of the season, but it can't have been very high, uh, given that there were, um, it was uh, four of our, or basically our first four choice centre halves that were all out injured at the same time. So touch wood that won't be happening again in the second half of the season. So I'd be surprised if we um saw any investment in a, in a centre half until at least the summer when you'd expect Philip Hollander, for example, to be to be leaving the club. Um Adam, you, your thoughts on any of those names at all? I don't know if you've heard much about any of them. Yeah, I mean I've heard a few of the names. Obviously the main one that kind of rung a bell there was Jake Cooper just because he has been linked with us before. Um, as you say, yeah, flag that comment there from Ross about it's probably going to be a summer transfer. And as you say, if Hollander's leaving, then that wouldn't, or, you know, assume that he's leaving the way things are going, that that would be a sensible transfer. Um, yeah, I think what I will say is that I think a lot of them, to kind of go back to this theme we've been talking about, you know, players that are really going to come in and immediately make an impact in January. And we've seen this happen to Rangers last January when we signed Aaron Ramsey, who obviously spent most of it injured, and Ahmed Diallo as well. And I think I remember being on the podcast towards the end of last season and being quite positive about Diallo, sort of towards the end of his, his time at Rangers. I mean, the fact he started a Scottish Cup final, the manager at the time obviously had the faith in him to do that. So I think what we don't want to get into is a situation where any of these players would, as much as we've talked about the positive side of Cantwell and Davies coming up and having something to prove, and maybe it taking a little bit of time. I don't think you want to sign sort of three or four players like that. Um, so yeah, in terms of specific names, I can't speak to too many of them. But I think there does come a point where it'll be interesting to see if we have a target who, you know, has played already this season nineteen twenty games and is going to come in. And Beal has spoken about you know I want players that will come in and make that impact and get into the team straight away. So. 
Yeah, absolutely. Scott, I'm going to come to you with that same list. I'm not going to reel them off again. Um, Please do. Any names names that stood out there for you? I'm actually going to add one more in. Um, Ryan Ryan Porteous, uh, who was obviously a pre-Christmas transfer rumour for Rangers. Ryan Porteous is rumoured to be going to Udinese for the small sum of 250k this January. Firstly, if you can speak about the the list that I that I reeled off, but if you, if you can conclude by um, speaking about Ryan Porteous and that two hundred and fifty k fee, is he someone that if 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 he was available to us for that same price, you would take a gamble on? Okay, yeah. So I mean, to start with the list, as you say, I think the one that stood out for me was probably um, probably Nicholas Raskin. I think uh, Patrick Kasky, who's obviously been on the the pod a number of times, absolutely loves the boy. I think. He thinks he's, he's he's going to be one of the one of one of the better players that comes out of that list. If I'm totally honest. According to the stats, he's a very very productive player. But like Adam, I know nothing about the boy other than seeing clips of him, other than seeing you know the stats bomb things that people put up on Twitter. Looks like he'd be a fantastic signing. Dion Sanderson, I've heard a bit about. Um, I know he plays centre half, but a lot of people seem to think he's more suited to a right back role. And I think before long, that's probably a position that we need to to start targeting. And looking at, if I'm totally honest, we're starting to see potentially the decline of the captain. Um, and as sad as that is to say that if somebody like Dion Sanderson was coming in to fill that role, then yeah, I think that's probably a, a good move to make. I'm like Adam, though. I'm, I'm keen probably not to make too many signings, especially in a January window. I've never been keen on adding players mid-season unless they are absolutely vital. And to kind of now touch on the second point, that's where I think the Portis rumours for me now come to an end. I about three weeks ago, I was a big fan of Portis coming in. I thought he'd be absolutely fantastic. I thought he was definitely one of the players we needed. I thought it was a position that we needed strength in badly. But it's, it's mad how three weeks of a difference can change your, your entire opinion. We've now got Ben Davies in there. We've now got we've now got Connor Goldshaw in there. So the, the the two main starters are absolutely solid. Callum said it for me. There you go. Um, the two main starters are solid, and then you've got you've got John Souter who's coming back apparently, and you've got Leon King, Phil Hollander. I think we should just take him to a field somewhere and let him loose and just let him live out the rest of these days, doing whatever he wants to do. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a football player for Rangers ever again. I think we've seen the last of him. Sad as that is to say, um, but no, I think Ryan Porteous he's gone to Udinese. Good luck to him. I hope we never see him this side of the British Channel ever again. Uh, I think you might see him playing for Scotland at some point soon. I do agree with Jim Bax's comment there that I think Porteous does need to leave Scotland. I think he's one of these players that he, he does have the talent and I think that's what's kind of put him a wee bit on our radar as to would he be, would he be able to play for us, would he not? I think he's kind of... He's, he's kind of stuck in that goldfish bowl mentality, I think, a bit, and I think he needs to get out of that to um, to try and showcase the talent that he does have. We've seen um, the likes of Lewis Ferguson and Josh Doig uh, go over to, to Italy and, and prove that they're, they're better players than they were even in the when they were in the SPFL. And um, I think, I, to be honest, I think we'll see the same uh, from Portis when he goes to Udinese. And Serie A isn't a bad place. To go and uh, to go and learn learn a bit more and improve your trade and 
the, the sunshine and also the, the passion that Italian fans have as well. So I don't think we'll be seeing him at Rangers. Don't worry, uh, everyone else in the comments apart from me. Um, but <laughs> been absolutely slaughtered for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think he will be on his way to Udinese. I was just a, a wee flamethrower into the comments to see what what would happen there. So I think in terms of incoming transfers, that's probably as looked at most of the the transfer rumours there. Um, a lot of people in the comments have actually been speaking about who who we might see leaving the club this January. Um, and I guess we know how big the squad is. It's, we don't feel like the squad has depth and quality, but it's still a big squad, and we do have to recognise that. And part of the reason why we won't or why we might not be able to sign some players is because the wage bill is high, and we need to get some players off the books before um, before we can really properly add to it. Uh, bueno 70 uh, said, do you think that Matondo and Kamara will need to leave this window to free up wages? Um, Adam, I know Glenn Kamara was very close to leaving in the summer. I think it was to Nice for around €6 million. Euros. Um, when I, when Michael Beale came back in, Glenn Kamara was instantly the player that I thought would be Michael Beale's favourite and would be a, a stick-on to start most games. To be fair, he has played most games since, since he's came back. I, I, I'm interested to see, get your thoughts on if you think Glenn Kamara will still be leaving the club. I personally think he's probably reached the end of his his time at Rangers, um, just from a natural cycle perspective and needing something fresh. But Michael Beale still seems to play him and trust him. So it's just interesting. Do you think will he'll still be a Rangers player come February the first? And um, do you, or do you think we'll we'll be we'll be saying goodbye to Glenn Kamara? Yeah. Well, I mean. Every player obviously has their price tag, and if a suitable offer comes in for Kamara, then Rangers would have to accept it. I mean, I, how does anyone know how long he's got left in his contract? He's not out of contract in the summer, is he? So he's got eighteen months left, I think. Is it? Months, so there's still a chance to get some money either now or in the summer, and I think that six million euros to kind of eight million euros would, would still be fair for a player of Glenn Kamara's talent. To be fair, so in terms of do I think he needs to leave to to free up the wages? I don't, you know, I can't speak to the club's sort of current financial situation as to how much space they are taking up in that sense. But from a playing point of view, I know people are kind of split over Glenn Kamara at times, but I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of a player with that experience of playing for Rangers, unless, as I say, it was for around about that six to eight million kind of price tag. Um, as for Matondo, I mean, I don't know if it is worth just letting him see out the rest of the season under Beal to see if he can do something with him. I mean, they did spend a bit of money on him. They're not going to get that back in this window. Whether or not they'll ever get it back, I think, is a topic for another day. But I, I don't think, again, you know, unless, as I, said, I just said, every player has their price tag, unless something comes in that works out and somehow managed to scrape a bit of money for him. But I just can't see that happening. And I don't think it's wise just selling players for the sake of selling them. And it has only been six months. I, I've got issues with Matondo, as I think every Rangers player does. I mean, that sound quite personal. I didn't mean to. Um, you also called yourself a Rangers player. Which I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I think it, it's worth giving Matondo the rest of the season just to see if Beale can get a tune out of him at, at all. Um, but you never know, something could come in for him. Yeah, Scott, interested in your thoughts on, on the Glenn Kamara situation. I think last night on the on the podcast it was suggested that would there be any value in sending Rabbi Matondo and loan? 
um, to another club. I don't really see any value in that. Very rarely do we see any players come back from going out on loan and make any impact at all. Um, what are your thoughts on on those two players and, and the potential Rangers futures in January? I mean, for Matondo, I think rather than sending him on loan, we just we send him to the shops and then lock the door while he's away and don't let him back in. Um, Gosh. <laughs> Oh Jesus, wait just wait till I get to the rest of them, don't you worry. Barisic is next. Um Glenn Kamara for me is a very interesting one. So much like I was saying about Porteous, you know, three weeks is a, is a long time in football and a lot changes. Under Geo, I thought Kamara was going absolutely nowhere as a player. I don't think Geo really understood where he wanted to play and what he could do to the team. I don't think he fitted the system. We know under Beal, because it's so similar to Gerard's style, we know that, that, that Kamara can play in those roles. He can play those sort of wide centre mid roles that cover the fullbacks, And we know he's really, really effective in those roles. We also know that he can keep the ball away from anyone. He is press resistant, the boy. And if we're wanting to be quicker on the turn, if we're wanting to get the ball moving a lot quicker, I think Glenn Kamara could potentially be key to that. It's been interesting that his game time's been limited since Beal came in, but that could be a, a question of fitness. Um, but as Adam says... Everybody's got the price. Um, I, I, I actually was shocked for you, but I thought Adam was saying sixty-eight million initially. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd accept that for anybody, don't you worry? Um, that's just the going for that, but not. Oh. That. <laughs> I mean, that when the guy's left foot, never mind his right foot. Fashion scholars, a world, you know. He's turned Juranovic. I think somebody said it earlier. Turned him into a twenty-five, a twenty-five million pound player, and a seven million pound player in one week. That's what Fashion Scala can do to a player. Um, but Kamara, six to eight million. I reckon he's replaceable for that, especially if if the Tom Davies rule um, rumours are actually real. Um, it's very very possible that we could be looking to shift him the door. Personally, I wouldn't though. I think he's a terrific player. I think he's got a lot more to give. Rangers. He's still young. I think what, he's, he's still 24, 26. He's in that sort of age, isn't he? He's still within the the prime of his career, so he's got a lot more to give. Is but if the money's right and if we think we can replace him for equal value or less value, then go for it. Why not? Yeah, Scott, I'm going to stick with you for this next one. You come up in the comments, you said every player has his price. What is Scott Wright's price? Um, RFC56 says Wright is another one we have to find a club for. Which shop are you chucking Scott Wright into? I'm, I'm sending him down with Rabbi Matondo, if I'm honest, mate. Um, I know this is going to really irk a few people, Ross, I'm talking to you. Um, but I, I don't see the benefit of Scott Wright. He was brought in as a project player, I think was the term that, that Gerard used when he brought him in. Uh, the project's failed. And it's probably time we cut our losses with Scott Wright. We should have left him in Dundee when we finished up for the game um, and just never thought about him again. Is is the va- I guess the value that Scott Wright provides to, to us as a team is that he is A, Scottish trained and, and B, a Scottish player that fits the UEFA description. Um, so I guess that value in itself, is that a reason? I guess I've seen the same justification for us keeping Ryan Jack for another season, is that is that enough of a reason for us to keep him? If, if that, Adam, when you go, mate, you've got something to say on this. I don't. No, well, I, like there are other Scottish players out there that you know they can replace him with. So I wouldn't say that in that sense. I mean, it's harsh. The minus two mil there, but I, I don't think that's. It is something to consider, Craig. I completely understand what you're saying, but I wouldn't let it be the deciding factor. Yeah, I mean, folk have obviously got their issues with Scott Wright and, and he's not performed particularly well this season. I mean, at the end of the day, for what they signed him for, they'll, they'll probably still make a, a profit off him. So that's better than 
than nothing, I would suggest. I mean, throughout his time at Rangers, I don't think I've ever quite disliked him as much as as some of the stick he has taken from the fans. Um, and he obviously scored that goal in the Scottish Cup final, but you know we can't we can't just sort of give players contracts and, and games for sentimental reasons. I do completely understand that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we not do that for John Winstrom. <laughs> the past past six months, so we're going on sitting on yeah, one. Well, game. yeah, there, there is there is that argument, but I think Scott Wright is maybe slightly different in in that sort of case because Lundstrom does just seem to start most most games, and I think he has been better in his position than Scott Wright has been in his. So yeah, it maybe it's time to, to cut our losses on that front. I think somebody made a good comment there about sort of quality rather than quantity and. I think maybe for both player and club, it's, it's time to, to move on. Yep. Um, right, before I get on to the last one, I'm just going to highlight this comment from Mary Cunningham, who is very complimentary of myself. We take the, the, the good comments and the bad comments here, so thank you very much for that one, Mary. Right, the last the last player we are going to take a look at, and he's, he's one, I guess, that I think actually came onto the park yesterday and made a, had a real impact. He's one that's always discussed and it is Alfredo Morelos. Uh, Adam, stick with you. First of all, Alfredo Morelos entered in the last six months of his contract, still not signed on the dotted line. I'm unsure where um I'm unsure where any interest is coming from really. I've I've heard rumours of Nantes uh looking at him for, for two million euros roughly. Um and I've heard uh, a Mexican side Tigres I think was the Mexican side that were rumoured to be interested as well. Given that we signed him for £1 million um, five years ago and what he's given to the club um, and the, the impact he still has in games like yesterday, I felt like he, he changed the way we played yesterday. Um, and he just, he, he, every time he's on the park, he captures the attention of two or three opposition players, not just one. And I think that frees up other players, like we saw with Fashion Sakali yesterday, to go and do what, what they do best. What's your thoughts on Alfredo Morelos? Do you agree with Davey that we should let him go? Um, or do you think that we should keep him to the end of the season? Well, again, it goes back to kind of same as what we were saying about Kamara, but I don't really know how much we would get for Alfredo Morelos in this current situation. I mean, is it at a point where I know that obviously some money is better than none, but at the same time, if it is just going to be so little that, you know, it just gets kind of washed in amongst the rest of the fee, is it worth just keeping him for this final six months for, for what we know that he is capable of giving us, even though we've maybe not seen it so much over the last few months? And, and I agree with you, Craig. I thought he did make a difference when he when he came on yesterday. He gave a kind of big physical physicality up front to the game, I thought, and, and made it made it more difficult for Dundee United, as was seen by the fact that we went 2-0 up within the space of 10 minutes. Um, but I think that long-term, obviously, his future doesn't lie at Rangers, but I think these situations are always difficult where a player's out of contract and you have to weigh up how much money are we going to get here and now versus what could he give us in this final six months. And, you know, unless we do sign a striker, then you're effectively just relying on Cholak there, given Roof's injury record, which is a bold move. So, Yeah, Scott, what's your thoughts on, on Alfredo Morelos? And I guess... Ryan Kent's situation kind of comes into that as well with six months left, although Ryan Kent seems reborn a bit, not to use a cliche, but he seems reborn a bit under um, under Michael Beale. Um, people don't seem to be asking quite the same questions 
about his him going into the last six months of his contract as they do Alfredo Morelos. What's your thoughts on the two of them? Um, I mean, to, to touch on Morelos first, I think um, I think Adam's absolutely right. We need to realise that potentially his sale value is less than his contribution value. And I know a lot of people are saying that he's not contributing a lot, but I agree with both of you. I think he didn't change the game, but he made a, the world a difference against Dundee United. He occupies defenders. I've never seen a Rangers striker occupy defenders as well as he does. You even look at him in the, in the old firm game the other week. That's a half-fit Morelos doing that, and he's absolutely bossing players at, at corners. He's occupying players. He just winds them up. And it, it, for me, it adds an extra dynamic to his game that I don't think a lot of people have. If we're putting two and two together, and, and if, if Joe Gunsung is coming in to replace Morelos, fair enough. If, if, if Bill sees that as the next development of this Rangers team, okay, fantastic. Let, let's do it. Let's go ahead with it. But if we're just going to get rid of him just because he's he's overweight and he's not been performing to the best of his ability, I think it's a waste. He's, he offers more to us by staying in that scenario if we're not going to be replacing him. Ryan Kent, I think the reason why he won't get as questioned as much is just his professionalism. He's a much more professional player than Alfredo Morelos. He's never in his Rangers career down tools. Um, even at his worst, Kent was always a trier. He was always trying to get involved. It just maybe didn't come off for him. I'd love to see Ryan Kent sign a new contract. Um, but as the days tick on, Obviously, I'm hopeful for another Connor Goldson announcement on the 30th of June, but as the days tick on, I just believe more and more that Ryan Kent is probably going to be leaving on a free in the summer. And again, I think his value to the team right now is going to be more than it would be in actual monetary value if we were to sell him in January. I think the interesting one with Ryan Kent is there aren't really any real rumours about a pre-contract agreement with anyone. And you would have imagined if he was going to be quick off the mark or he was going to a Leeds, for example, is a team that was interested in him previously, then he, he may well have signed a pre-contract by now. Whether they would have actually, to be fair, whether they would have announced it at this stage or he might have said, look, I'll sign it, but can we wait until May, June to, till we announce it? They might they might do that. I'm not, not entirely sure how that side of things works. Um, but I think Ryan Kent would be the one that I would be keen to try and tie down. Um on another contract and he seems to be enjoying his football again at Ibrox as well, which which would is as big a reason as any as to why someone like him might stay, especially when he struggled to find a home to they, they did enjoy playing his football before he came to Rangers, that he might just be a bit he might be a bit shy about moving just in case it goes wrong and he's going from club to club to club again. So I think Ryan Kent, I would sign again Alfredo Morelos, I would say thank you very much and goodbye. In the summer, I think it's time for, for him to move on and for us to move on too. Right, we're almost just under the hour mark. I'm going to wrap up there. So, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'll try and get you on a podcast you know more about next time. So, uh... <laughs> And Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Yeah, th thank you for knowing a wee bit about the players anyway. <laughs> 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 and thank you very much everyone for tuning in and listening please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel toggle on those notifications and you'll get uh, an email every single time we go live we schedule a live podcast or we upload a pre-recorded podcast in terms of what we've got coming up Kyle will be back with, uh, with some of the team on Wednesday night live at 7pm on YouTube as will uh, Scott Patterson be back for his long-awaited 
presenting hosting uh, return on Friday at 7pm so make sure you tune in for that one as well we'll be I imagine talking all things uh, transfer rumours and uh, also building up to the big League Cup semi-final against Aberdeen on Sunday as well so like I say thank you very much everyone for listening and until next time goodbye Podcast Network.